Welcome to Our Baseball Life, where we get real about what it's like to live life in professional baseball. I'm Lori Ankiel. And I'm Alyssa Baginero. Together, we have over 30 years of experience in the game. And on this show, we bring you interviews from the entire spectrum of the pro baseball experience. From the major leagues to the minor leagues to international ball, we cover it all. This is episode 34. And today, we have Miss Anna Cressy. Anna and her husband, Eric, own Cressy Performance Gyms in Boston and in Palm Beach. So I know a lot of you that are listening probably work out with them because I think they have every baseball player in the big leagues <laughs> at their gyms. And Anna is also an optometrist, right? Anna, optometrist, not op- ophthalmologist. <laughs> yes, I am an optometrist. I am a primary care optometrist um, and have a private practice just outside of Boston. Which is kind of a strange combo being an eye doctor and a gym owner, right? Got a little bit of everything. I'm kind of the jack of all trades, right? I guess, um, <laughs> which I never imagined life to be like that. But I'm sure that's many of the ladies listening never imagined their life would be what it is having to do with all this baseball stuff. Right. And then, you know, if you're working out and you get something in your eye, you just, hey, hey, Anna, can you help me out? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I joke with Eric all the time. It's like triage constantly at the gym and between our Massachusetts facility and here. I mean, I'm getting texts constantly. So yes, my, while I'm not doing optometry portion of the year, I still feel like I use my skills, thankfully. That's good. You're still working even when you're not really working. I am still working. I am still working. I do feel like I'm constantly working, but that's the, that's a entrepreneur and a, and a small business owner for sure. How long have you been doing the optometry and how did you get into that? That's, that's really interesting to me, I think. Yeah, I, um, I went to optometry school right out of college. Um, I'm born and raised in Maine and then went to Boston, which was the big city, um, at the New England College of Optometry. Um, I had always worn glasses and contact lenses, so it was a good medical profession for me to get into. Um, it allowed me to not only have a life long term, but also um, treat patients. And it's a nice, clean profession. And um, my background is in contact lenses. So I've done a lot of specialty contact lens work and things like that. So it, uh, it worked really well. I enjoyed it. And so I actually went through four years of optometry school. And in the process, that's how or that's when I met a guy named Eric Cressy. We were both in Boston at the time. He had just moved um, outside the city and was working as a personal trainer. And I liked to work out just as a recreational like athlete at a gym. And I thought that was cool. And we kind of hit it off in that respect. Hey, do, do you fitness. need your eyes checked? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Um, so it was a, it was very casual conversation. He was a personal trainer at the time. So was he training uh, you? I was. Or did you say like, Hey, I need a trainer. um, I want to train me. (laughs) (laughs) No, we had like mutual friends and, um, we both just, I mean, we ultimately like I would go work out at the gym. He was working as we started dating, um, and got to know like friends of his that were so like fitness was a big part of our like initial, like meetups and interaction but it, yeah no he did not want to train me in well fact. i'm sure he fought it for a long long so time so <laughs> if any of you've ever worked out at one of the gyms you know that anna is an absolute beast so i'm sure he probably was like yeah i can't really teach her anything so <laughs> now i learned a lot i i was actually in pain a lot and so he was like just get, give me 6 weeks and i can help when i finally was able to convince him to write me a training program but um, he would, he would pawn me off on like other, like 
coaches in the gym just to ask questions. So he, he it was like church and state. He wanted to keep that separate. But ultimately, ultimately, he has written me programs that have lasted me over the last 12 years. So it, it's been going okay. But so we, I was in school. He was just doing a personal training at like a private gym, told me I never want to own a gym. And I was like, okay, cool. Like you're just going to be a personal trainer, which that's what he would refer it to at, refer it refer to it as I'm just going to be a personal trainer. Um, long story short, he just trained a couple like high school baseball players that ultimately um, won the state championship in Massachusetts that year. And his phone kind of started ringing. Another thing about Eric is he is an extremely good writer. And so he would constantly be like reading and writing um, about all the things that he was learning. Sorry, <laughs> okay. guys. And so he was growing in the field of just like fitness. Um, and that was just, he was constantly working. So very long story short, that fell through at the gym he was working at. And he said, okay, well, maybe we should go find a spot. Called his old college roommate who was just about to accept a different job. Um, Eric went to Babson for a couple years, thought he was going to be an accountant. <laughs> And then transferred, ultimately figuring out that exercise science was more what he was interested in. But his still current Massachusetts business partner um, and co-founder for Cressy Sports Performance up in Massachusetts, Pete, was his Babson roommate that basically turned down two jobs that Friday. He grabbed me, grabbed Pete. We drove out to a town called Hudson, Massachusetts, which where the heck is that? <laughs> I, at the time, had no idea. He, his last client that he personal trained at this previous gym, his dad just happened to own a grungy hitting, uh, like hitting facility. Um, so Fred offered us a, a corner of this facility. And over the weekend, we used Eric's life savings, bought a bunch of equipment and Cressy Sports Performance was born. Wow. <laughs> Really All cool. from saying I will never own a gym to oh All no, from saying I will never own a gym, but I need to find a solution for all these clients that are going to follow me. So he had started with like a few high school baseball players. Um, baseball was never the goal at all, and we started training. I was helping occasionally, but still in optometry school. Those baseball players turned into a couple more high school baseball players, which then randomly a pro well he had been picked up as a pro guy like a week before his name is Tim Collins we joke he was a 17 year old high school player that ultimately ended up playing in the world series he was our first pro guy walked into our grungy facility and said I need to get bigger and stronger <laughs> and it was just how this baseball portion of our business was born um it was it was kind of out of necessity it um Baseball training is a huge thing now, but almost 13 years ago, it was, it was nothing like we, it, again, it just kind of evolved organically out of something that was, it was, it was, there was just a need. Well, it started like, it seems like now it's so much more sports specific training going on, especially Absolutely. at the high school level that there, you know, people are specialized or I should say kids are starting to specialize so much earlier and then, um, you know, yeah. having and the different at the time it was still everybody just played a bunch of different sports and like, oh, this would be kind of cool to like give give my high school kids some guidance in the gym because he likes to go to the gym. Right. Um it, it was just and and baseball again, 
because he had those few high school kids, it was it, it evolved as this underserved population that really needed individualization because then the as the years go on and training becomes a thing, kids get injured, kids uh, start to just do that one sport all the time. So Eric really found, I mean, along with his business partner, that this was just a population that needed a little bit more attention and a little bit more individualization. And the gym just evolved and grew. Um, well, so it's amazing we, how much the training has changed for pro baseball players. I yeah. mean, when my husband was playing, the kind of workouts that he did, they would never let him do today, yeah. you know, as a pitcher. And it's just everything has changed so much and it is so specialized. So you guys, yeah. you know, really got in on that when all of that was changing. Yeah. I mean, that really was our start. Yeah. And, and then CSP, like, again, has kind of evolved as, as baseball has evolved. We've had to kind of stay ahead of the game. Like Eric is a, a major proponent of, of studying, reading, like we have a, an internship program that they do a weekly in-service um, Eric kind of prides himself on like staying ahead of the game and is constantly, I mean, he's a workaholic, but he's a workaholic that says he never works a day in his life since he loves what he does every day. But he still speaks at a lot of seminars. Um, he's doing consulting. He actually has a podcast now that has educated a lot of people in the baseball field, books, DVDs. So, I mean, he's, he's definitely tried to stay ahead of the game, um, both for himself and for or his like our athletes. Yeah, and he's a gr such a great resource. I mean, my husband is a pitching coach, and he loves Eric. He learns so much from him. So he's doing a great service, I think, for anybody who's working in baseball. Yeah, that and that's good to hear. I mean, he he spends so much time trying to um, educate for free, and that's he always said that I wrote this newsletter like, and he can go back like twelve plus years of like blogs and newsletters written and he still references them and sends them out and people still make comments like how they've helped he's helped over the years. So I mean that's that's what it's all about. Um and he genuinely um loves every second of it. I mean he'll say good morning to me in the morning, but he'll also say, Oh my gosh, guess who what guess what so and so did last night in the game? And I'll <laughs> he say follows good, all his guys. good morning, honey. <laughs> we they they are they joke that I'm like the CSP mom. Um, he, they are definitely like our children. And there are just a few more of them over right. the years. But they, we still, like, he genuinely cares. And it is really fun and exciting to see the athletes, like, grow and change and obviously see success through the years. So what, what's your role with the, <laughs> That with is true. I, I am the cheerleader first and foremost. Um, but I – so Massachusetts was, was born in 2007 – um, and then ultimately, again, both Eric and I, I was working like crazy in the optometry field in Massachusetts. I had a couple different jobs, was starting my own practice. Eric was seeing a need for um, more of a warm weather climate facility. Um, again, we were in Boston. Boston in the off season, which is our in season, um, is a little bit cold, a little bit snowy. <laughs> so we were getting a lot of high profile players that were starting to show interest, but um, when weather becomes a factor, um, it was becoming a bit of a frustration. So we had known a gentleman by the name of Brian Kaplan that encouraged us to look at Jupiter, Florida after a number of like conversations between Eric and I. And um, Brian was a, a high school baseball coach, had worked with a ton of like very, very successful Florida athletes and was really like an, an encouraging party in us looking at 
um, Florida for a facility. And at the time, Eric and I were just working our butts off and said, hey, why not? So we started talking with Brian a little bit more who knew the local area and um, him combined with his business partner at the time, Shane Rye, we uh, joined forces so that we were bringing more of a brand to Florida and um, they were bringing a local knowledge. And ultimately, I decided to jump in when we did Florida and I was the business director of CSP Florida. I had grown over the years of not only knowing optometry, but after so many years of being involved with CSP, I could speak the baseball language. I could understand where parents were coming from when they call to get their kids some help with their shoulder. And honestly, I was just a, a really caring party. Like this is Cressy Sports Performance is our first baby. Um, so <laughs> it was one of those things that it's uh, a small business is you, you are attached to it, whether you like it or not. And with my last name on the facility, I definitely yeah. am. So I am the behind the scenes to um, Eric, Shane, and Brian, who are um, our three co-founders of Cressy Sports Performance in Jupiter, or ultimately, I should say, we're now in Palm Beach Gardens. Um, we are in the process of building a big complex. So. Which Rick is so excited about, by the way. This, play, this new complex is going to be amazing. Amazing. It is, it is everything we have hoped and dreamed for. I mean, we're going to call it our own little spring training complex, but... Um, <laughs> It, it is definitely um, CSP's next step to um, becoming really a baseball-specific facility. I should note we have uh, many other athletes, including a lot of adults, um, but baseball has, again, just we've fallen into it over the years, and it has become um, our primary focus, especially with our Florida facility. Well, and I think you had both Cy Young Award winners last year, didn't you? <laughs> yes. Um, yes, so Matt Scherzer has. Yeah. Yeah. It's not too bad. <laughs> Corey Kluber um, works out and trains primarily at our Massachusetts facility. And um, Eric's worked with Corey um, for, I think, probably nine or close to 10 years. So really before Corey was Corey. And again, he's one of those that it's been an absolute like, joy to see the evolution of his career. Um, and then Max Scherzer trains in Massachusetts, or excuse me, Florida. Um, and he's been with us for a few years now. And Max is just the ultimate competitor and um, what he has taught us and our other athletes just by having him around is um, obviously pretty awesome. Second to none, I should say. Yeah. If you walk in in the off season, the gym is just full. I mean, Rick always like, oh, I'm going to Cressy. Am I going to work out? He's like, no. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I'm just going to hang out and talk to everyone because it's like, you know, all his friends are there working out. So it's yeah, funny. I mean, we, we, we have, Eric has always talked about, like, when we always talk about, like, we want to be that third place, like we want to your home, your job and the gym. And we, we have tried over the years to really make like CSP, like those athletes, like third location. Um, and it is a lot of fun. Like they do come here to hang out. I mean, they obviously come here to train and to work out and to get what we describe as like the best individualization um, and the synergy between their strength and conditioning and their throwing and their hitting and their manual therapy. But I, we ultimately want to be, we wanted to create a family and like we, we always talk about the CSP family. So it, it is a lot of fun to just have these guys around and, and whether they're all on different teams too. And so it's really cool to see them all get behind each other. Um, and, even compete during the season and joke about it in the off season. <laughs> but I it, love that. it really is cool. 
Yeah. Yeah, and, it's it's cool. And you uh, you do a special program for the girls during spring training, right? I mean, I know I saw a lot of girls posting from your facility last spring. Yeah, it's um again, things have obviously like over the years developed and um, grown organically, like having the spring training complexes um, around in Palm Beach has obviously brought a lot of families to this area um, around the springtime. And we, we do a strength camp class. It's obviously not like a huge focus because we're so baseball focused, but we had a huge group of um, baseball wives that jumped in during this previous spring training. And it was so much fun. Like, they were lifting heavy, not afraid to like get after it in the gym. And um, it was wonderful because occasionally I hear that, oh, CSP is only for the guys. I can't go near there. Well, that's totally fine. But you can come in in the morning and you can have the hour with me. Right. And we're <laughs> um, Anna can and make you we feel had like, oh my God. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it when I have other ladies in the gym. So yeah, we had an awesome spring training group. Um, I mean, and again, it was a bunch of Cardinals wives. We had Astros wives. We had Nationals. Like it was just like a really cool group of um, ladies coming together. Um, and even our, we have a pretty good group of like off-season ladies. So that will come this time of year and, and just get after it and they'll go home make the switch with the kids and then their guys come in and train. So, you know, I think I'll be, I think I'll be doing something deadlifting and then here comes Anna nine months pregnant. <laughs> you just like, Oh, okay. You can, you can do that much. That's great. <laughs> I, need to, hey, I need to start hey, working my harder. <laughs> my name, my name's on the wall too. I gotta, I gotta hold up some level of uh, competency in the gym. Um, but it goes back to like, we always like, we always joke, but we always say that we like don't just train the athletes, we train the families. And that was like a huge motivator for coming to Florida. Um, and then obviously making Eric more um, available for the athletes, but also making it a, a place that families were okay with moving in the off season, like bringing their, like we have tons and tons of families, young and old that will come and move here from all over the country. And I mean, it's a huge honor that they're willing to like leave their other home to come here just to obviously work on getting better, but also to like, they entrust us with their, with their livelihood. So, well, that's so nice that you're able to open it up to the family and that it's not just all about, you know, the player that's working with you, but to make it a family thing, that is, that is just huge. I'm sure for those families. Yeah, it's. I mean, I've gotten to know so many of the wives, and like, like personally, I love it because I mean, I, I live a, I would say, a baseball life. We live still between here. We spend six months in Florida, six months of in Massachusetts. My, I say, my baseball schedule is kind of opposite of all the the ladies that are in season. Like this, this off season is our Cressy in season. <laughs> um, but I can sympathize and I appreciate all the support that I get from like the ladies in the area, being like, "Oh, you're getting ready to go pack the house. Oh my gosh, you have three kids. Pack everything up. Like throw it in the car. Like all the all the valuable things that like you guys put out for our baseball life. Like." Again, my, my baseball life's a little bit different, but it's still hugely I, appreciative of what you guys do because it is a, it's a huge asset to have like extra people around to help you with the craziness. 
I know. And it's hard to understand unless you actually live it. And so you guys are so intertwined now. And plus, and didn't Eric work with the twins too last year also on their staff? Yep. So he, he's been a consultant for, um, the twins. Um, I, we, I joke that he's not allowed to have any more jobs, um, <laughs> <laughs> between like we, two gyms, um, all of his like mentorships, his seminars, his consulting, his books, his DVDs, his podcasts, the the consulting for the twins. I'm like, you got to stop. I know this is fun, but you got to stop. Um, and somehow he is able to do it and I'll do it very well. And um, that is, I'll say I do a lot of behind the scenes, but we are all the, the behind the scenes of all of our guys. It kind of seems like that. So in this life, but it's, it's a wonderful life. So he, he really does a great job with everything. Well, and are you still doing optometry actively? Yeah, so I um, I have a practice in Wellesley, Massachusetts. Um, so just like it's a suburb of Boston, I um, had started that practice kind of a couple years right before we decided to do Florida. And I brought on a partner when we um, built the Florida gym, and she effectively runs the office when I am in Florida. And then whenever I go back, and I do a lot of back and forth. Um, I will see patients, um, like we're going back next week for Thanksgiving. Um, I will work three days as an optometrist up there. I do a lot of the like behind the scenes business side of it from afar. Um, but when she came on and she was a classmate of mine, so I went to optometry school with her and she's like a rock star when it comes to just jumping in on everything. She kind of runs the show and I'm done. And then when I'm back up there, um, in the spring and summer, I give her her weekends off, tell her to go take some vacations and, um, it's a very true partnership, but I, I go back to practicing as an optometrist when we're, when we're in Massachusetts. Um, I should say I, I still do a lot of the like business stuff for Florida from afar. And now a quick break to hear about one of our sponsors. So I know most of you are enjoying your off season right now. I definitely am, but I also know a lot of you are looking for spring training housing already because if you don't do it now going to be really tough in a few months yeah you definitely don't want to wait because it gets i feel like it all the housing gets taken like immediately if you don't start early yeah for sure and that's where um hampton homes relocation concierge comes in i mean they get it they're there to help whatever unique needs or requirements you may be if you have kids or pets um, they will take all the stress out of moving and leave you and your family with peace of mind. So definitely check them out at hamptonhomesco.com. That's hamptonhomesco.com. And now back to the show. Well, let's talk a little bit about your specialty in these contact lenses, because I feel like when Rick was playing, there was like this big surge of these special lenses that the players were trying to wear. Am I imagining that? Or are there like specialty baseball lenses? Yeah, there's been a lot of evolution of the contacts in sports over the years. Um, there, Nike had um, a couple lenses come out years and years ago that were different tints for different sports. Um, they ultimately, like, there is some merit to them, but they they kind of went away um, just because there wasn't a huge buy-in. Um, I mean, athletes in general wear the regular contact lenses. Everything is moving more towards daily wear contact lenses, which is huge, I would say, for any athlete. If they are, if any athlete is not wearing a daily contact lens at this point, like changes need to be made. It's just 
so much healthier. And then, um, it, like, again, given baseball specifically, like dust, dirt, wind, late at night, like the fact that you can throw a lens away every single day is just as far as hygiene, it's hugely important. And a lot of players also are getting LASIK. Yes, um, which I have mixed feelings about depending on the position that you do play. Um, I would say please tread lightly if you're, you or your guy is thinking of getting LASIK while you are in season, especially if you are a hitter. Um, LASIK is a really safe procedure and it's, it's evolved a lot over the years, but uh, probably wait till the off season procedure. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Wait till early off season. Like it's definitely something you cannot do like in January. Um, I would consider if you're considering LASIK, like they should look into it September, October, immediately when they're done. Um, just because it definitely takes time. For That's what Jeff did. Factor. He did it in yeah. the fall and it, it did yeah. take some time for the, uh, what do you call it when, when you're looking at a light and there's like halo, uh, oh, like the starburst. Yes. The starburst. The uh-huh. yeah. That that stuck around for a little while. I still have that at times. And I had LASIK a bazillion years ago. Yeah. So it's the, them getting used to kind of seeing differently. And then there's dry eye and things like that. Like, I mean, Again, if you're a hitter, it, it can change things a lot. Um, so I am always like tentative to recommend it as like the first line of treatment. But if they've tried contact lenses, they've used drops, they've done glasses, there there are so many different things. Like if they've really like worn out their options, like I think it's something to really consider. And then the evolution of the contact lenses, just to go beyond the regular lenses, there are now the tints are coming back. Um, there are um, a company has come out with a transition um, contact lens that has oh, wow. shown some promise. Um, like turns into guys sunglasses. Like it. So the trans. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I should. I should um, explain. Yeah. Transition. It actually darkens when you go outside. Um, so under UV rays. Wow. Um, guys think, or I should say, what athletes have told me, it just improves contrast a little bit. Like things definitely mm-hmm. seem brighter, sharper, clearer. Um, overall the, the, I think it's been received pretty well. Um, I think every athlete is so different though. So I think it's going to take some time if it's going to really get like a total buy-in and that is a two week disposable lens that I think ultimately should be daily. Um, so that is another factor that I think the companies are working on it. They see a need for it in the athletic population, especially baseball. So there's a lot going on, but it's, it's pretty neat. So I think watching the transition. Do you know anything or is this in your practice, like the reaction time testing and stuff like that? Yeah. So yeah, another portion of like, um, it's vision, vision training is, is a kind of an all encompassing term that has become like in a general sense, a garbage term because it's so many different things. Um, Yes. So Vision training, we use a lot with young kids, but in sports, they will check reaction time, um, posturing of the eyes, whether they're straight, whether there's an eye turn. It's using a lot of our basic binocular vision principles um, to help improve sport. Uh, It's a huge topic in research. It's something we have um, toyed with bringing on into the facility just because we have so many baseball players. Um, Mm -hmm. It's really tricky to um, individualize, which is something that we're still trying to wrap our heads around how we could do it. Because you can add that to the gym. 
just have your own little eye office where people come in and start doing the reaction we, we've training. We've talked about it. It's, get it's their daily wear contacts. Yeah. <laughs> we've talked about it. It's definitely like it's necessary. I mean, I would say like the biggest thing that when I see these athletes in there is most of the time they'll ask me about that and I'll say, "All right, when's your last eye exam?" and they'll say, "Oh yeah. Um, I don't I don't know." I think step spring number training. One. Don't they do them <laughs> yeah. in spring training? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. They they should do them in spring training. They are very variable um, amongst the teams, but yes, they theoretically that everybody is checked at spring. Um, so that is the big thing. As I tell every athlete, like if they're really picking my brain about true like vision therapy and vision training, like we got to start with an extremely um, in depth and really good eye exam. Like so, that's the first step. Are there any like specific, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like training skills that you can give someone for eyesight? Is there a way to exercise your eyes, um, so to speak? There definitely are a lot of exercises out there. Um, whether it actually can translate to on the field is obvious, or on the ice, or on the like on the soccer field, like on uh, shooting, like there there's a huge like discussion point in all different sports about does it translate um it's Mm -hmm. it's really tricky like there are a ton there's a lot of research out there and I think we're moving in the right direction it just needs a lot more we need a lot more selling points to get athletes to do these exercises three to four times a week and again I think we are the situation at CSP that we could incorporate it into our programs because they're coming in, they're working out four to six times a week. Um, There's nothing that says that, hey, you can't do um, these convergence and accommodation like exercises in between your weightlifting. So I think it's something that we're really toying with, especially with our new facility. I just have a, I have a, I want to, I want to see more research out there that really makes it translate because right. it's a hard sell for some of these guys to be like, you mean I have to do this for how long? <laughs> what do those exercises look like? There can be, I mean, there's everything from the basic, like there's an exercise called a Brock string. It's actually a string with beads on it. Um, and it's three separate beads. You hold one end on your nose and you can put one end like on a doorknob or on the wall. This is at a very basic level. And they have to practice focusing from near to the middle bead to the far bead. And the goal is to improve their convergence, which is their eyes coming together, um, and their accommodation, which which is required to see up close and look far away. There are huge, like, electronic boards that focus on reaction time and a number of different things. Like, these are, like, big computers. And, again, those are a lot of fun because you can get, like, create a competitive factor to it and bring it into the gym and like guys will compete on how fast they can do it. Um, there is everything from, uh, there are a number of basic like vision therapy skills that we use with young kids who have lazy eyes. Um, again, if the, if the eyes aren't straight, then we can't train them to be any better. So there are, there are a number of different exercises that can be as basic as like a couple different cards with letters on it to a huge computer on the wall. That's so interesting because I never even think about exercises for eyes. That's that's really cool. But I can see how that would be fun yeah, for the guys, be... especially if you make it like a video game kind of. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. I mean, there are a lot of teams that – teams have definitely done a lot with, with vision over the – I would say probably 
in the last five to 10 years. Certain teams have taken it and ran with it like to a, a huge extent. Other teams say, okay, we'll go give you an eye exam um, and, and leave it at that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hugely important. Like, I mean, I think the term is you can't hit what you can't see. So I think there's, again, I like to be able to tell our guys that they're doing something for a specific reason. And while there is some really good research out there, I think it's still evolving and developing. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a huge thing that it's, it could be really fun. And it's more of, for us personally, just trying to figure out how we could incorporate it into our model. Definitely. I think, I think it would be so helpful. So maybe I will be bringing in optometry to the gym eventually. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, thinking like if guys start going in a slump and can't hit, I feel like that might be one of the first things you want to check is oh, like, yeah. are you seeing the ball? Yeah. And I like, maybe you need to tweak your prescription <laughs> or, or even need one for the first time. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it, I, I would hope so. Yeah. That is, that is definitely um, what I would say is a primary thing they should be looking at. Um, there's a lot of variability in, um, I think what the teams see as like important, but if you're a hitter and, and you're not seeing that ball, you're not seeing the seams. I mean, there's always a way that we can hopefully make it better. And sometimes it's really hard to just do at spring training because they're evaluating. I mean, they have all teams have a team optometrist, ophthalmologist, but they're evaluating hundreds of guys like at the field and, so I always encourage our guys to get like a true eye exam in the off season just to really like exhaust all of the, the corrective options because there usually is something more we can do. And it's just hard when there's so many. Well, and your eyes change over time. Yep. Eyes change over I mean, time. Eyes change as you age. Mine um, are getting old and <laughs> I'm about to have to get some stronger reading glasses. Because, well, I remember talking yeah, just, to you about, cause yeah. I had LASIK a long time ago. And then even now I started to think like, oh man, it's not so much as reading as like the adjustment. I, I was blaming it on my phone and I know Anna was like, nope, yeah. it's just age. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm looking. <laughs> Sorry, the bear, I know. The bear well, of bad like, news. If I'm looking at my phone and then I look up at my television, like it takes a long time for my eyes to adjust. And so initially they'd be so blurry and I was like, okay, I know I had LASIK, so they should not be blurry. <laughs> and eventually they would adjust <laughs> That's better. called presbyopia, oh, unfortunately, as we all teeter around the magical 40s. I tell all of my patients, yeah, those magical 40s really come up and hit you like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Right. And so it's not <laughs> even anything about the LASIK that I had. It's just, that's just what's going to happen and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. It's just your accommodation, which is your focusing power just slows down. And it, we always talk about, yeah, you need reading glasses because it really is going to visually affect up close vision, but um, it does start to affect that transition time between seeing clear in the distance yeah, and seeing clear up close. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Dang it. I know. I'm sorry. That's what I tell all of my patients. I'm sorry. It's going to happen to me too. I got a couple more years. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, that is pro is not so much a factor for our athletes because they're usually so young, but there are so many things like correctively for vision that we can do for those young athletes. So it's usually the, the number one focus. Oh, cool. Well, thank you so much for enlightening us on, uh, all oh, these multiple no things that you're providing for our little baseball community. I know you guys are both jack of all trades. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. And I mean, we're, we're happy to 
serve this little portion of, of the baseball life. And um, we're thanks for including us because it is a lot of fun and it is um, so much of our life but we, we're glad to be a part of that that baseball family. So if anybody wants yeah. to um, follow you or Eric, where should they look? Yeah, so you can um, follow Eric uh, and myself on Instagram. Um, he's Eric Cressy on Instagram. I'm Anna Cressy on Instagram. You can also, like, if you really are curious what we do at the gym every day, we try to be really good about posting, um, and you can – look at Cressy Sports Performance on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And if you have any questions, you can always email me to cspflorida at gmail.com. Um, and then even check out Eric's podcast. I mean, he, he really delves into like some major baseball specific topics on that podcast. But um, if you just want to chat and see lovely pictures of my three girls you can totally follow oh me yeah and we forgot to mention I. that she's got <laughs> twins and a newborn and still yeah oh yeah the whole other thing too right more than <laughs> me and anybody else. that's where that's where I really bond with all of these baseball wives like you guys everybody understands the like having kid factor that just makes everything that much more that much more rewarding but also that much more complicated with all the moving and the transition absolutely well, so. awesome. Well, thank you so well, much. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Our Baseball Life podcast. Be sure to visit ourbaseballlife.com to join the conversation, access show notes, and discover our fantastic community. And if you've loved this episode, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thanks for listening.